Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for listening today. And today we are joined by the wonderful Janelle Moore. Normally we talk to Janelle about the Golden State Warriors, but this time we are here to talk about the Blazer games and get her opinion on this Blazer team. And boy, oh boy, are we excited. Welcome back to the show, Janelle. Thank you for having me. We are beyond excited to get your take, but before we get that, let's start it off with a little bit of an icebreaker. And we're wondering, which player do you appreciate the most in the social media realm? Oh, that, that's a tough one. The, the uh, people that I follow doesn't really post like uh, like you would think they would. I follow Steph, of course. I follow Dane. I follow Giannis. Um, Thinking, I think there's somebody else I follow in the NBA, but those are the only three that I, I actually... Oh, Draymond. Draymond doesn't really post like you would think he would. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, not too much. You know, I haven't... I don't have many people that I follow that's just really active like that. I don't follow um, Embiid. Uh, I follow John Morant, but he don't really, you know, post a lot. Mm-hmm. How about how about it look at it this way? If you could only follow one, who would you follow? Hmm. Uh, the process, I guess, because he he's more interactive. Because he's mm-hmm. so entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about you, Cassidy? So I'm torn um, between a current blazer and a former blazer. So I'm just going to say both of them. Uh, Damian Lillard, because I need all of the baby Dame pictures that I can get in my life. That that child is adorable, and I am pro uh, the royal child of Portland. And then I'd say my other one, of course, no one will be surprised by this one, is Evan Turner. Oh. Because, I mean, that's not how you treat a former number one team in the West. <laughs> That's true. I totally forgot about Evan Turner. He is truly Never forget. a gem when it comes to social media. For me, I'm always I'm a little bit of a like whoever is right in front of me right now. <laughs> like I always just remember my last favorite tweet. So I not, I'm not quite sure overall who my favorite is. I think if I could only follow one, I think it would probably be Damian Lillard because he posts about a variety of things. Of course, all of the baby pictures. And then also just because he like reacts to other people. Yeah. But my favorite one today, because I just found out yesterday via social media, is my old friend, my old favorite, Scala VCA, because I just learned on Instagram that he got engaged. So for right now, he is my favorite one because <laughs> he had this very sweet post about getting engaged, and I loved it. Also, we should remember the legendary video that Damian Lord provided us with over the summer. Um, about his workout, and I think anybody yes. who could pull that off definitely deserves to be like the king of NBA social media. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Did you see that workout video at all, Janelle? Yeah, I did. I remember yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, the cape. That was everything. 
All right. Well, let's just dive right into it. Uh, like Cassidy said, we usually talk to Janelle about the Golden State Warriors because that is who you write about. But we also know that you watch tons of NBA and we wanted to know your thoughts on how things are going with the Blazers. Been an interesting year. There's been lots of local opinions, but we wanted to talk to somebody from outside the market to find out what you think about what's going on. So I'll just jump right in to some of the questions that we came up with. Um, and that's something that's on everybody's mind right now, which is um, we're getting a lot of young players uh, getting playing time this season. And so what do you see that is working for the Blazers right now, especially with regards to the younger players on the team? I think it works better in the long run. I mean, it's unfortunate that you guys have uh, some injuries, but at least – you get a chance to develop, uh, you know, Nasir Little and uh, Gary Jr. And and you guys are doing it in a way that simulates games. Uh, The players actually play the coaches, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you know, like in, you know, kind of scrimmaging. Okay, like in practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've read it in your your local paper there. Um, And I think that is... That's really interesting because you're being you're, you're simulating. I mean, it doesn't really take the place of a regular game, but you know, at least you get a game feel mm-hmm. instead of you know just instruction. It's sort of like what's happening in Golden State because we too are ravaged with injuries and we having to um, put the young guys through it, and they have mm-hmm. to play through it and sit in it. And I see the same thing with uh, Portland. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed, has anyone stood out to you in any if any of the games that you've watched of the Blazers, any of the young guys that uh, you, you see uh, really looking good or any guys that you think that like, oh, if this guy could just do this thing, then he's really, um, you know, going to start catching on? Trent, of course. You know, um, he's getting a lot of run, which he should. I mean, mm-hmm. It's really talented, but I, I would like to see Nasir Noodle. I haven't seen him since um, Carolina. You know, as, as you got a good find in him. I'm like yeah. curious to know about his development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I feel like we saw him more earlier in the season than we're seeing him now, too, which is yeah. interesting. But I think there were injuries and, and as well. Did he, did he regress any to you guys? You know, I am trying to remember the sequence of things. And I think part of it might have been because Mello arrived and Nasir had been playing, uh, you know, power forward. And then Mello came and he, you know, started getting the majority of the minutes. So now when we see Nasir, it's in more limited times. Although I think he got a start this year. Um what I I Nasir is like the king of the well timed big hustle play. Yeah. Yeah. Like he you could not notice him for like an entire quarter, and then all of a sudden he does one thing and you're like, oh, Nasir! Oh, okay, yes, way to jump in the middle of the crowd. Um yeah. Janelle, have you watched Anthony Simons very much? No, I haven't had a chance to watch Anthony that much. Um, I, I haven't. 
Yeah, there's a lot of buzz about him at uh, at the beginning of the year, and a lot of people see a lot of promise in his play. He hasn't been, I think, scoring as much as they thought that he would. Um, you know, because that's why Seth Curry isn't there anymore, is because they and, were and, that's, and, I, and I believe you guys made a mistake by not um, keeping him. Uh, you know, Seth can stretch the floor. He can cre- create some space and can score pretty quickly. And, and you guys need that for a second unit. I've always said that, mm-hmm. you know, look at what he's doing in Dallas. I mean, he's even started when Luca, you know, is out and he, he steps up. And he he yeah. had he had some moves. I mean, you know, like I said, he, he he may not have the range like Steph does, but he can create space. He has a step back midi. That's true. And and I and I find that remarkable. And you know, a lot of people, you know, kindly dismiss the the mid range. But you know, when you need a bucket, you you just need a bucket. And you know, we will touch on midi when we talk about um. Carmelo and, and mm-hmm. his uh, friendships for posting up. Yeah. Uh, but um, I, I yeah. think that the uh, Blazers need someone that not only could score, but also facilitate. You guys really don't have a lot of facilitators on your team. No. And it's kind of like you, you're drafting the same type of guard. And the Charlotte Hornets has the same problem when they draft the same kind of big. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, they really did a few years in a row, didn't they? Yeah. I never they, really they, thought about they, they that. Drafted, you guys drafted Sebastian Napier, and he's not there anymore. Yeah. You, you guys had Seth, and he's not there anymore. And they're kind of like the same type of players. You know, they they have a penchant to score score and get buckets and not really facilitate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, you guys it's, need that. It's the, the, for the longest time, the Blazers have done the thing where they uh, rotate Damon CJ as the facilitators, and then they'll get one guy who can kind of facilitate a little bit and who can definitely score, you know, like Shabazz, like Seth, and then this year they cleared the way for that to be Anthony. And I think with if everybody every, everything else had been clicking a little bit better, then Anthony might have had a little bit more, um, little more leeway stepping in and getting used to that do you role. Think, I hate to cut you off, but do you think that Anthony needed some like a veteran presence? Maybe not, had they kept Seth or whoever that was more experienced in the system. To mm-hmm. kind of like show him the ropes so he could sit back and observe for a while. I Did think, you think the Blazers jumped the gun and getting rid of a, a solid vet to yeah. try to push Anthony forward. I feel like they were hoping Rodney Hood was going to do that this season. Well, Rodney got injured. Is yes. A- yep. That's the, the theme of our season. <laughs> Ours too. Yeah, yours all happened like right at the end of the season. Yeah, the Warriors and and the Blazers. I guess that is the experience in different circumstances of the same thing. I watch a lot of Fix My Life, and I, I sound like a younger, but you're, you guys are in a better position than we are. 
Really? You think so? I mean, right now. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> the eighth seed. We we just got eliminated. Yeah. Yeah. So literally in in a better position as yeah. <laughs> I thought you were talking about like the the future for, and you know the future. I don't know. No, 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 I mean, no, the the, fu- the future the future uh w- will be back. But if nobody made any changes and both teams were healthy, how close do you mm-hmm. think they would be? You know, because they'll be in the top they'll be in the top tier of the conference. I mean, I they they both would, but how do you think they would be head to head? That's what against each other. Yeah, because I mean, Portland's pr- pretty. Dip- well, I guess, I guess, uh, Golden. State- I mean, if you if you had Steph and Clay, not Kevin. and an engaged Draymond. Yeah, what's going on with him right now? He knows it's a lost season, yeah. and, and he he knows it's a lost season. He's with Clutch, and he don't really care. Well, he appreciates Gary Trent Jr., so I appreciate him. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, Draymond, you know, he he's self aware, mm-hmm. and and I, I get it. He don't he do not want to um, invest and pour all of his energy into lost season. It was a lost season when Steph broke his hand. Mm-hmm. And then it was just, it just changed everything. It was a domino effect. Mm-hmm. Dino's gone. Everybody's gone. You know, silent pieces like Alec Burke um, mm-hmm. and Omar Spellman, who who really came on. I mean, it's just a domino effect. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's kind of like that with, with Portman, I would say. I mean, Nurkic has been out. Um, Rodney Hood has been out. And you're having to develop the younger guys. Mm-hmm. Put them in the uh, put them in the fire sooner than you would want them to. Mm-hmm. Kind of like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that both the teams will be better off next season because of having to develop these young players this season? Absolutely, absolutely. Because um, you know teams are catching up mm-hmm. with each other, and it's it's kind of a copycat league now. It's better off. I mean, at least we both teams will have some solid rotational pieces. We'll have a we'll, Warriors will have a better bench. The Blazers will will probably have some some solid depth, and some might make it even crack the starting lineup. And speaking of the starting lineup, I, you know, there's nothing wrong with the backcourt. You know, a lot of people want to. Either trade CJ or trade Dane, but that's not the problem. Like uh, my friend CL said uh, in, on Twitter, it's not the backcourt per se, it's the front court. Needing a three, needing a solid three, an impactful three. You guys could have had them 12 years ago, but you, you picked, um, you didn't pick them. Yeah, we know. Um, <laughs> and, and a stretch four. Kind of like a, a Draymond Green type that will play make. Uh, but as far as the starting lineup goes, I think, you know, the experiment, having CJ be more of a facilitator and him being more of the point. And I say this because, because it'll give the Blazers a different look. And 
he has some less usage than Dame. <laughs> and why not have, I think, having him to buy into setting the table and facilitating more would be easier. And have Dame kind of, you know, kind of be like Harden in a sense of, you know, he, he'll thrive more as a shooting guard. But, you know, if he has to play point, he can. Because remember when when Chris Paul was out in Houston, you know, I think the last season, it was hard and that was the point. So let me just get this right. You're suggesting that CJ plays point. Yeah, he plays point in college, didn't he? And that would have Dane yeah, he did. as the number two. I am fascinated by this idea. I mean, why not? I mean, if you, but think about it. If I mean, you that trade, taking the ball out of Damian Lillard's hands, like, can you do that? I mean, when you're not winning that much, I think you can not, do anything. When you're not winning, when you're not winning as you should, and they want to win. And I'm not saying that, you know, you'll, I mean, somebody had to sacrifice. Both guards are ball dom- dominant. You know, but who would it be? And I'm thinking, and it seems like CJ would be doing the most sacrificing because, you know, he's facilitating. You know, he wants to get his numbers. Everybody, you know, wants to get his numbers, but I think it's better for him to facilitate. Well, you know, when Dane can, you know, can still be himself and, you know, he'll still get his numbers either way. But but just just to set the tone of the offense, to kind of um, keep the offense humming along, I think CJ would be a better facilitator than Dame. Because I mean, Dame is so dynamic, you know. But I, just let him get let Dame worry about getting shots rather getting than shots. having yeah, to. Yeah, and and um, you know, and you know, have off ball a little bit can help him too because you know. Teams are doubling him now. Mm-hmm. And it's good to, you know, learn how to relocate. So if, so, te- if teams are, if teams are doubling teams- Dame, then CJ is facilitating and, and he's just now acting as the point guard and Dame can spend his whole time trying to get open or alternatively having two guys chase him all over the floor leaving somebody else open, Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr., even CJ. I mean, but when, when you think about trading CJ, I mean, who are you going to get to pair with Dame? Mm-hmm. A lot of point guards now, with the exception of a few, are ball dominant. Mm-hmm. Chris yeah. Paul is like, like one of the last traditional point guards that mm-hmm. that facilitates, you know, that sets up everybody else and he gets his numbers. I mean, you don't see that style of point guard that much anymore. But you, you know, you see a bunch of twos masquerading as ones. That's what, that's what you see now. That's, that's what consists of a point guard now, but you need someone that would kindly, you know, facilitate. Yeah. To try to, um, set up the offense yeah um and to and to give the offensive structure 
that's willing to pass, that's not really worried about the numbers, but just um, leaning on the strengths. Mm-hmm. Now, out of our two young guards, Anthony and Gary, which one do you think is more of a facilitator? That's a good question. I haven't, I haven't seen that much of Anthony. Mm-hmm. But, you know... I think it just depends on who's willing to buy in. Uh-huh. What 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 needs to happen in Portland is you, you guys need a a system. You might need a new system. You know, you, like I said, you got a bunch of the same type of guards. You know, some that's re, you know really ball dominant. ISO, you not might need to put put a little bit of motion in your offense to um, have have production to come along. I find it funny that, you know, whenever Dame or CJ's out on the floor together, sometimes you guys struggle to score. Yeah. And, um, you know, and struggle on defense. So maybe a new system might have to take place, and that's up to to the coaching staff to um, learn or really uh, remember what what they have as far as um, players go and what really sit down and figure out what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, what you do and what you don't need. And take it from there. What do you see, because, you know, for years, for, you know, for years and years, people have been talking about breaking up Damon CJ with the thought that you can't have two undersized guards um, as you know, as the anchor of your offense, and as additionally, they are you know already behind on defense because of their size, and because neither of them have really been known as defensive stalwarts. So, you but know, then again, when you think about oh no, go ahead. When you think about the league, you we don't even know what defense is anymore. You know, can you want to elaborate on that? Because most of the rule changes have really, you know, gone to the offensive side. You know, you you can't hand check anymore. That's been ruled out since uh, 2004, 2003 or something like that. Um, Freedom of movement. Got to watch where you're closing out. You know, a, a lot of rules have been really favoring the offensive end. So, you know, there's some players that don't may struggle on defense, but you know, what is defense now? Oh my God, that is so interesting. Yeah, um, because you know, it sounds like what you're saying is that great defenders can't play great defense anymore because the rules have been changed. The rules have been changed. So instead of wringing our hands over somebody not being great at defense, I mean, Portland's strategy has been get a bunch of offense. <laughs> right. And yeah. just outscore everyone. Yeah. Right. But, but you, you, di- you, di- you do need solid defense. I mean, but, you know, it's kind of tough to play defense in this era now because yeah. of rule changes. And um, it's, it's just something that has been going you know, been trending towards this point ever since 2003, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, uh, 
stern and that whole regime has watched the the games overseas and thought, sheesh, we need some of that. That's some fluid. The offense is just It's just fluid. Let's just tinker with the rules a little bit. And, and that's what happened. Well, talking about uh, how things have changed over the years, let's take a minute to talk about um, some vets that the Blazers welcomed to the team this season. You know, for years and years, there was a very clear message from the front office that they were going to be building around Damian Lillard and they were going to get everybody around the same age or younger as Damian Lillard. And then suddenly this year, they started getting some of what people would call seasoned vets. So Carmelo Anthony and Trevor Ariza joining the team. What do you think about the fit for those two players? I think it's a good look because, you know, for all the youth, you, you do need a veteran presence to settle down the locker room and to um, provide counsel. But do Trevor they really need that when Damian Lillard is there? Hmm? I mean, does Damian really, Lillard really need help with that kind of thing? Not Dame. I'm talking about the others. Okay, I'm so CJ, I'm talking about maybe the, the other the youngins. Yeah. Like the like the Nasir Noodles, like the mm -hmm. um Anthony Simmons. You mm -hmm. know, those type of cats. Mm -hmm. But you know, to, to really guide. So they're not there to uh, to mentor Damien, they're there to mentor other guys so Damien doesn't have to be spread so thin being right. I mean, the leader I mean, of every I, single person. Thank you, leader and all, but you know, I, I'm not saying that he needs counsel, but you know, it's just good to have that kind of presence, kind of like the, the dynamic between Steph and when Andre Godala was a, a warrior. Steph was the leader, is the leader of the team, mm -hmm. but Andre was that adult in the room that kind of smooth out everything. Yeah. Not saying that Steph needed Andre's counsel. I mean, it was, it was there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just the presence for some of the other guys, whatever the case may be. And I'm seeing that in Carmelo and in Trevor. Mm -hmm. What do you think about their game? I think their game is what it is right now, especially uh, Carmelo. You know, people complain about him, his ISO and his post-up. But you, but Portland brought him in there to get buckets. Mm -hmm. And that is how he gets his buckets. Y'all guys want a Carmelo Anthony? You got <laughs> Carmelo Anthony in his, his game. <laughs> yeah. And I, it's a bad thing. If, if post-ups is how he gets his buckets, well, so be it. It's a bucket. You he's know, amazing at catch and shoot threes these days. I'm loving it. Yeah. He's there to, to, like I said, to provide offense off the bench for Portland and to stabilize the second unit. So it shouldn't be any issue on how he gets his buckets, just as long as he gets his buckets. I tell you, after he's had two days rest, he's like a completely different player. Carmelo Anthony, when he's played every other night or when he's played back to back, he he gets real tired. But give that guy one extra day of rest. It's like he's brand new. <laughs> yo, yo, there's some breaking news. Yeah, is the suspend season following tonight's games. Yep. Holy and they've court. They've quarantined the Oklahoma City players as well. 
suspend the season for following tonight. So, so tonight, it's a postponed Wednesday season. Night, they've they've just postponed the season? The whole the season. season. I'm watching NBA TV right now. Oh my goodness. Well, I guess that makes all this conversation <laughs> moot. <laughs> Hey, well, maybe everybody fun. will be maybe everybody will be healthy by the time the season starts up again. I mean, like bones healed, kind of healthy. Eighth seed, here we come! Oh my goodness, <laughs> this is bonkers. Like, so the news. So this is wild, man. This this is just. <sighs> Jazz and Thunder player, this is from Woj, Jazz and Thunder players are currently quarantined in the OKC arena. What? Following yes! Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert! Positive for the coronavirus. Way to go, Rudy. Dumbass How Rudy. dare he touch Poor those guy. microphones? Now I'm mad what at him, and like... I used to like him. Dumbass. Yeah. Oh. This is... This is incredible. Um, I get. I mean, one of our questions was going to be: Do you think that they're going to suspend the season, or um, or are they going to play in front of empty arenas? But what what good is it? What good is it to play in front of empty arenas? No fans, no revenue. Well, yeah, no fans, no revenue. Streaming games right now, legally, you know, and and league pass is trash. I I I league pass have been stopping. All year long when I'm trying to watch a game and trying yeah. to write about it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. The other thing is you can play in front of an empty arena, but it doesn't make these players immune to what's going on in the world. So you're no. also talking about the health and safety of these players, their training staff, their coaching staff, anybody in that arena who has to be in that arena to have them play in an empty arena. So. You still probably have to spray them down with Lysol or, or <laughs> something. Did you see that uh, clip in, yes. in Memphis where uh, this lady, uh, well, this man sprayed his son down with Lysol <laughs> and this old lady had a makeshift hazmat um, situation with bags? Yes. We were talking about that at my work today because he was just spraying down his kid before going into high school. With like, Lysol. With Lysol. <laughs> I do not recommend that for our viewers, <laughs> listeners. Please don't spray yourself with Lysol. No, please use the uh, CDC's website for your advice or your local wash public your health agency. Oh my goodness! And new breaking news. Yeah. All your orifices. That, Updated breaking news: uh, Rudy Gobert tests tests positive for the coronavirus. Wow! This is. Wow. Not quite even sure what to do with this now, right? <laughs> well, so we were going to talk about Yusuf Nurkic returning. We were going to talk about whether or not what the Blazers were going to do. Uh, I guess we we were going to talk about the MVP race. We could talk about that. I, I just, this is this is just incredible. Like um, the fact that it's so big that they would actually, in the middle of a game, send people out of the arena and now they've quarantined the players. This is, this is going to be incredible. There's going to be a lot of people losing revenue, teams losing revenue. Sorry for those, those uh, workers in the arena, all the people in the arena, the the ushers, the the people in the team stores. Um, I, I sure hope that the NBA as a league does right by those people. 
I really, really do. Like the NBA makes a lot of money and they could help out those arena employees, in my Jay opinion. And they tweet. should. Jay Donde had a tweet earlier today and people was like roasting him for it. You know. What did he say? Do you remember? I got I got my phone right here. Uh, I think he said something about um I'll find it. Well, I don't even really know where we go, go from, from here. Because <laughs> I really wanted to, I really want to know more about uh, what you have seen about the Blazers this year. Um, so maybe we could just wrap up like final thoughts about, um, I kind of want to know if you were a Blazer fan, what you would be most excited about for next year or from whenever they start up the league again. <laughs> um, before I get to J.A.'s tweet that got everybody so heated, I would say just watching how the youth develop and how they mesh with Damon C.J. because Damon C.J. ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. another reason why C.J. ain't going nowhere is because that's Dame's dude. Mm-hmm. CJ goes over Dame's mama's house. Oh to, yeah. To eat. If if you have if you've listened to Raising Fame, yeah, a podcast, Mama Dame said so. Right. Well, and mm-hmm. the popular the for people who do talk about Dame and CJ being split up, a lot of people. Um, from what I understand, they think that trading CJ because he's a really good player um, would be the Blazers' best chance to bring in that missing piece, which is you know the wing, the reliable wing, especially now with Rodney Hood out. You're shaking your head that you're not buying that. No, because like I said, the, the front court—I mean, the back court—isn't the problem. If you do trade CJ. You know, you you still need another guard. Mm-hmm. Trey and CJ will have Dame, I guess, run the... Well, I mean, Dame is already running the point, basically. But, you know, he would really have to kindly change... He'd have to do even form. more than he's yeah. already he's doing. a facilitator, and that hasn't mm-hmm. really been a strong suit. No. He, I mean, he, he's more of ISO at the top of the key. Mm-hmm. And, and threes, but you know, you have it's better to have maybe CJ to buy in to facilitating. I mean, since he he's he ran point in college. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm fascinated not? with that idea. I mean, because we've seen that CJ can do it back when Dame was out. We we've seen that CJ um, has lots of capabilities in that area. One last thing about the Blazers is that um, we just learned that Yusuf Nurkic was supposed to come back on Sunday. Now it seems like it'll be somewhat delayed. Um, But I think not, even though they had Hassan Whiteside in there this year, who scores a lot of points and gets a lot of rebounds. He's on the firing contract, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. So I don't don't think he's going to be here next year. But even though he has a lot of high statistics, he doesn't seem to impact the game as much as Yusuf Nurkic did. Um, and so we were we were just over the moon. I don't know. Cassidy, what did you do when you found out Yusuf Nurkic was coming back? 
I started crying hysterically. <laughs> um, uh, Here's what I was said. I got yeah. the tweet. Oh, yeah. He said, rather than refunding the tickets, give the money to the arena workers whose paychecks are going to take a hit. It's literally disposable income for the people who bought the tickets. It isn't yeah. for the people who need to work these events to pay the bills. Why? And, and the argument is why not the, you know, the teams um, take care of that and refund the fans mm-hmm. their money? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I said right. Shift the burden to the fans who could possibly have saved for months for a cheap seat ticket. Remember, these these seats ain't cheap, mm-hmm. and no. not any of the teams. Yeah. yeah, definitely don't shift to the owners who are worth billions. Great take. Huh. So it sounds so. The idea would be that the um, fans have already spent the money. Mm-hmm. And even though they would disappointingly not get to see games, the people who are working in the arenas have not yet seen those paychecks. And the choice would be to give back money to fans who've already spent the money or to somehow remunerate the people who are supposed to be working and are out of a, a job because of no fault of their own. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Makes sense to me. Well, ladies, do you even want to try talking about the race for the MVP, or should we just wrap it up here? I like don't even know how to process anything right now. Like the race of the MVP (sighs) up up before tonight, since they suspended the season, has been a a a five ring circus. Uh Yes, With, with with a bunch of cheerleaders disguised as journalists. They all want to give this to LeBron. And I think it's disgusting. I'm not saying that LeBron is, um, isn't is worthy of being in the MVP conversation. I'm not trying to say that. But what I'm saying is they're trying to dismiss what Giannis has done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I don't, and I don't think it's right because, you know, the, the, with the narratives they, that they're painting and framing, they're talking about LeBron's age and and the depth of Kobe. Jordan did uh, did all of this when he was 35 in 1998. You know what I'm saying? And they act like LeBron is the only one hurting over Kobe's death. What, what, mm-hmm. what about what about you know Giannis? Yeah. And and, uh, and a lot of people that mm-hmm. Kobe has impacted. It's not just LeBron. Yeah. No, but they it's just the whole league anyway. And that's that's what I don't like. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I figure if you want to write a narrative, if you want to write NBA fan fiction, write a book. <laughs> Hell, I wrote I wrote a couple of books. And, um, yeah, it's not easy. But you wrote you know, NBA fan fiction books. No, oh. no just straight. Oh, I got really excited. Uh, you wrote some books. God, that's yeah, amazing. Congratulations. That's a yeah, lot that, of work. That, that was that was a a while ago, but I'm not writing another book until it's like a sports biography or something. Yeah, I want your I want your sports yes. fiction book or just your uh, sports book. <laughs> yeah, a, a sports biography. Do you have a favorite one that you've read? That that I've read. Yeah. 
my favorite sports biography that I, I have read was the Jordan Rules. Oh, okay. I'm really, I'm really dating myself. Um, Why did you like that one so much? Because when I was growing up, you know, I like Jordan and just, just getting those nuances, getting what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fascinating. It's way before social media and it's where it, the drama is more intriguing. The, the you know, examining the dynamics of a team is more intriguing. Mm-hmm. And with that, so that covered the, was that the first year of the, that LeBron won, or I'm sorry, Jordan, excuse me. <laughs> was that the first year that Jordan won a championship or it was like yeah. leading up to that? Yeah, I, I think it was the, it was a document in the 90, 91 season. Um, mm-hmm. Sam Smith wrote it. He's still around. He's still um, writing about the bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people were heated about that book. Um, Stacy King thought it was just fiction because, you know, there was a lot of drama behind the scenes mm-hmm. and Stacy King thought it was a bunch of lies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacy right now, is an announcer for the Bulls and, and been so with Neil Funk for about a uh, for a while. So he still con- contends that the book is a bunch of lies. That's what I'm curious to see. I'm curious about that now. Or if he's come oh. around, started to think about like all the things that don't come out originally. I'm, I'm, that- I'm curious to know what his his thought process about the book is now. But when Stacy was a player, he he thought. You know, Sam was telling a bunch of lies. Mm-hmm. Cassidy, have you read that one? I have. It has been a very, it's been a while. And I think I read it before I was old enough to truly appreciate it. Um, I need to go back and read a lot of sports uh, biographies that I feel like I read just maybe too young. Yeah. Um, I, I have, I have right now, I have Andre's op- memoirs, The Sixth Man. I have Marcus Thompson's books about Steph and KD. Ethan Strauss has a book talking about dismantling the dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, lot, a lot of players really don't care that much for Ethan. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, KD don't. I wonder how many writers he really does like. <laughs> KD don't, and I, I don't think Draymond cared that much for Ethan either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Ethan got a book out talking about, you know, the, the machine or something about that, the making and the, you know, dismantling of the Warriors dynasty or whatnot. Um, I don't think I'll read it. Uh-huh. But, um, you know, Cassidy, interesting. Cassidy, do you have a favorite uh, sports biography that you can remember that you didn't read too young? <laughs> Um, I may have read it too young, but it stuck with me like nobody's business. And that would be five point play by uh, Mike Krzyzewski. Oh, okay. What did you like about it? Um, It has been a while. I will say I read that about 18 or 20 years ago. (laughs) But um, the impact that it had just on the relationships that he clearly had with his players, especially in the earlier days of coaching the Duke basketball team. And a lot of talk about just the way that those relationships grew and how how coaching to him was beyond just that court and creating that family and that community. And I think the way that it was written, the way that it was explained, the way 
that it is so important how important Mickey is part of that. His wife is just really amazing. And so I took a lot of that into my own like professional life later on in life and kind of the way that I I view uh, working with a team. And so I think that book was really impactful for me. Interesting. And we're all going to have a lot more time to read now. Yeah. And I mean, if we've got time on our hands, I do recommend everyone watch the Women of Troy documentary from HBO. Oh, that, that is so awesome. Uh, Cheryl yeah. Miller was the, like the greatest women's basketball player of all time. Mm-hmm. And the McGee twins. And, uh, yeah. Pam and Cynthia Pam Cooper. Had, Pam had um, JaVale and Imani. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they've been in the WNBA and the NBA respectively. It's, it's mm-hmm. just, now, I didn't know that Pam had a twin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That entire documentary was fantastic. So I could talk about that for hours, but I think everyone should just go watch it um, for sure. Yeah, they well, definitely set the blueprint of uh, women's basketball mm-hmm. on why that there's a WNBA today. But, and it's, yeah. it's a shame that, you know, like... Yeah. I mean, Cynthia Cooper has played in the WNBA and mm-hmm. you know, Pam McGee has, but just imagine, you know, somebody like a Cheryl Miller, yeah. that type of player playing in the WNBA. I'm wondering if she even went overseas. I don't even think she did. She didn't get the chance. So what happened was she was playing pickup with some NFL players and she ended up tearing her ACL. <gasps> Uh, while making the decision on what she was going to do. And then we never saw her play basketball again Mm. because it was about 10 years before the WNBA. Well, before the surgery that could really immediately make that fix to make her back to who she was as a player. And it was also way before the WNBA. So we saw Cynthia Cooper leave, go to Europe and then come back to the WNBA. Uh, But we just, we never got that chance with Cheryl because her career was was taken by injury too too soon, far too soon. And um, a game with a bunch of NBA, I mean her, NFL players. It was, and she'd played I think nine pickup games that day or whatever. And they were like, just one more, just one more. And she's like, oh, I'm tired. I'm gonna go. Okay, fine, one more. And it was that one more where she went to go jump over a player and didn't make over the the jump. Oh man, it breaks well, my heart. If they did that on purpose, you know. Egging uh-huh. her on to keep playing. I hope they felt terrible. Yeah, I bet well, you and I hope everybody with coronavirus and other sicknesses don't feel terrible, and they take care of themselves, and they feel better, and everybody do what, everything that you're supposed to do to protect yourself and your loved ones. I think we'll just go ahead and wrap it up here. We've got some good book suggestions and a documentary that we can suggest for people to check out while the NBA is on hiatus. Um, I wonder what is going to happen on Twitter because people won't even have things to speculate about. It's going to be, it's going to be real interesting. Yeah, but I think it's cash old stuff like yeah. they do all the time. They'll go back to, uh, debating who the goat is i guess yeah, yeah and, well and that's, and that's a topic that will never have a correct answer it's because mm-hmm. the game has evolved mm-hmm. the game has evolved and it's different rules different players different circumstances there's never a distinct answer answer 
And I think sometimes questions that don't have a good answer are sometimes good questions <laughs> to talk about because <laughs> it gets gets people um, thinking. Well, I think let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Uh, very strange to have that news drop in the middle of the podcast. Janelle, do you want to tell people how they can find you and well, I'll be what you'll Twitter. be doing? <laughs> I'll be on Twitter. Um, my handle is at Janelle 12. That is J-A-N-N-E-L-L-E 12. And if you are an editor or producer, my DMs are always open because I'm a free agent. Um, SB, I've been interviewed by SB Nation twice, you know, with that whole AB5 thing, and they haven't given me an offer yet. You mean the, um, the new... Uh, freelance uh, laws or yeah, the new freelance laws and regulations. Uh, yeah, and three years I've I've been a best of SB Nation NBA winner, and that was ten times. It ain't like I'm a hack. Mm-mm. I I like to think I know just what I'm talking about here. So, if you're a producer or a or a editor who is sick and tired of their talent being trying to make themselves the story all on the TV, you know, saying the same thing, saying the same thing, asking stupid questions and uh, scrums, trolling, come see Miss Mo. Yeah. And I don't hear other people talking about uh, making CJ the, uh, the point guard to give Damien a chance to thrive off Mm -hmm. the ball. So I really appreciate your perspective. I mean, you know, learning how to relocate, that's valuable. Mm-hmm. That's what Steph's doing. Well, you always give us stuff to think about. So thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Cassidy, you want to tell people where they can find your work? Yeah, you can find me at Cassidy Gamut on Twitter. And we... What a weird day. Um, uh, and uh, did we mention that we just love your emails? You can send us an email and tell us what we should talk about now that we don't have an NBA season. And I'm hoping that those cheap flights are just in time for the season break for those NBA players to get hopefully to a deserted island where no one can infect them. Um, you can send us emails at hoop. <laughs> what? Oh yeah, no. They just need to stay there. Yeah, just stay home. You live in a nice house. Um, You can email us hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at hoopsandtalks. You can find us uh, wherever you find your podcasts on the Blazers Edge podcast feed. Tara, where can people find you? You can find me at TCB Biggs. You can also find the Hoops and Talks podcast at Hoops and Talks. We hope you will check us out and, uh, you know, get caught up on all the old episodes with no basketball to distract us for a while. Read some books, hang out with your families, bake some cupcakes, do whatever it takes to help us keep the time going by. Wash your hands, take care of your loved ones, take care of yourselves, and we will catch you later. Yeah.